God in the Wild, a podcast exploring the faith journeys of members of Idlewild Presbyterian Church. This podcast is produced by the Young Adult Ministry in collaboration with the Nurture Ministry Unit. This season, our conversations will explore our community's experiences of the year 2020. I'm Elizabeth Doolin, the Director of Young Adult Ministry. And I'm Jacob Pierce, the Director of the Nurture Ministry Unit. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to uh, God in the Wild. First up today, we have with us Ted Passion, the one and the only Ted Passion, the infamous uh, Ted Passion. He was our ministry unit chair uh, for Nurture in 2020. And if you don't know me, I am Jacob Pierce. I am the director of the Nurture unit. Uh, So Ted and I have worked together a lot over this past year together. Ted, how are you today, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that we have 2020 behind us. So let's just get right to it, Ted. Uh, in March of 2020, when everything started to shut down, what was your initial reaction? Uh, my initial reaction was, well, this is probably going to last for a few weeks. And boy, was I wrong. In fact, I remember where I was when the first case was reported in Shelby County. We were at church. We were out in the narthex and um, uh, David and Nancy Ruck, we were talking and Nancy said, oh, they just reported the first case in Shelby County. We're like, man, that's not good. But, you know, thought, okay, this is something that's going to come and go. And I, uh, in March of 2020, it, for me, um, my my wife was pregnant. We were um, just really close to having a baby, and I, I just remember getting that that first initial like, "Hey, listen, guys, we're going to start working from home," and it kind of hit me really quick, like, "What? What? What is? Is this really serious?" And I kind of thought with you the exact same way. I was like, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe this will only last a month or two. You know, I've got, I've got soccer signups going on. Uh, we've got like 150 kids signed up already, so we are, uh, we're good to go. You know, everything's gonna be fine once April rolls around. And uh, it was, it was not fun when April rolled around. We uh, started to uh, shut down the sports program and, and more life, life of the years, and then. Um, here comes uh, our little angel in April, and Madison was born. And I'll tell you this: it, it was 2020 was it was a it was weird for me, but it was also one of the greatest years of my life. Well, of course, she became a new a new papa. Of course, but she, I mean, it, it made I'll tell you what: the pandemic kind of it helped us and it didn't help us all at the same time, mainly because. She, it helped us mainly because we were at home. So we were already at home. Amy, obviously, who had been working from home as well. And we, once we got back from paternity leave, we were still working. So having, you know, being able to work from home and have the baby at home as well, life was not as hard as we thought it would be. In, in some ways, it was great. And in other ways, it sucked because we had to have, you know, my parents and her parents had to be outside of our screen door looking in at their granddaughter and looking at her for the first 
three months of their of her life, which is kind of awkward, but you know that that was hard for us. But man, you know what a joy it was when we uh, started letting people come in and wear masks. It was awesome. In uh, Ted, in what ways did the pandemic impact your life? My first response to that question was. How did it not impact my daily life? We were sitting, you know, we were coming in the office and then somebody tested positive on our floor and we got the word, hey, we're done. We're shut down for two weeks. And we're, our company is now based out of LA. So they, our HR department has been all over this. We have been shut down for two weeks at a time, several times. That's our protocol. If someone tests positive, we close down for two weeks. Another way is, my wife and I were moving at the end of March. We moved on March 27th, and I believe the city went into lockdown either the 20th or the week before. And our movers like, I don't know if I can move, y'all. I'm like, yeah, you can. We've talked to the city. You're an essential service. He said, well, I could get fined. I'm like, I will pay it if you get fined. And then we closed on our on our house that we sold on March 31st, and Frankly, I was very nervous because at that point, people were starting to back out of real estate deals. And I was all of a sudden looking at possibly owning two homes, which was not something I wanted to do. And an interesting little side story is our attorney, when we went out to sign some papers, he had a a bowl of pens on the table. And he said, well, just grab a pen and sign. And my wife had looked at him. And this is early. You know, this is uh, mid-March. She said, "Uh, I'd like a new pen, please. And he kind of looked at her like, well, you're just crazy, you know, but she held fast and he brought out a pen, a box and said, here, you can take one out of here. They hadn't been touched. Two weeks later, he had the coronavirus. So it, uh, you, know, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, but otherwise, you know, we've had to work remotely. Um, haven't been able to do the things we're used to doing, uh, being older and, Empty nesters, we like to eat out a lot. Obviously, that's been curbed. Same. Um, we we travel. Uh, we were actually uh, coming back from Mexico when this thing was just cranking up, so we're glad we got back home. Um, can't attend church physically. Not able to visit people that I would normally visit with at say or at Tresmond Manor. So just a lot a lot of changes. Not all of them have been bad though. Kind of like you, my wife and I have spent a lot of time together and we hadn't killed each other yet. We're actually having a lot of fun. So, so that, that she, she'll probably see this. So I better really say that. Um, there was probably a couple of times where we thought about it. Too, so <laughs> so it, it is, you know, impacted my life on about every level imaginable, but honestly, the worst part may be an inconvenience. And as we get to other questions, we'll come back and talk about that. But, uh, nothing um, that's been horribly detrimental or caused us uh, hardship or, or pain. So we feel fortunate there. How has your understanding of what it means to be a part of a church changed in the pandemic? Well, i got to answer that in a couple of ways. First off, I've been very disappointed in the churches that sued to be open even though the science shows it's not healthy for your congregation to all be together. And it's like, well, you know, our, our church is shut down. I, well, never shut down. We shut down physically. You can't come into the building, 
the live streaming of the services has been wonderful. Uh, we've had virtual events. The Nurture Ministry Unit, you and Sherry and company have done a great job of thinking of things to do. Um, your online lessons and little tricks have been a lot of fun to watch, but I think the church has been very active. So from the, it, it's been fulfilling, if you will, to be involved in that to some degree, though you know, there's obviously still a great need for face-to-face -face contact. We did have the one test run of the potluck when we did the uh, the thing. Gosh, I'm losing track of time whenever that was. And you could tell people were so glad to be face-to-face. -face. Love the way Ann and Jim Apple brought their truck with their table and their chairs back in the bed of it. Um, you know, we did the, the drive-by to, to thank Frank Kelly. So what I've seen about the church is, a church that's flexible and keeps the overall mission in mind as opposed to, and this is going to sound horrible, making sure the collection plate gets filled because people are in the sanctuary. I think Idlewild has done a real good job. I completely agree. I, I'll tell you what, man, the times where we had those events, like the, the drive-through uh, trunk-or-treat and the, uh, the parking lot potluck, I mean, those, those times that we had those events, you know, Sherry and I going into those events were kind of nervous about will people show up? I mean, is it going to be safe? You know, but man, when we started those events, I mean, the joy that you see in people's eyes was, was absolutely incredible. And we, it, it was so much fun, first of all. I mean, things that we did, like the parking lot, the parking lot potluck and the drive-through, um, Halloween Carnival were, were a huge success, and me and Cherry were sitting there thinking, like, we should do this in and out of the pandemic. I mean, being outside handing out candy uh, in a drive-through was not only safe, it was fun. We had a right. I mean, stopping up Union down uh, all the way down to Chick-fil-A uh, when it actually isn't Chick-fil-A stopping up Union pretty impressive. And I mean, even like when we did the uh, the outdoor uh, soccer clinics. I mean, the soccer clinics were a huge success too. I mean, people were um, were coming out there. They were wearing their masks. Uh, we were having fun, uh, staying socially distanced, and learning the game. And the parents were like, "We want more. We want more." And so we decided to do more. And so it was it was a blessing to have that. How have you fed your spirit in this season? Have you been a light in a time great dark? Yeah, I love that question. Um, it's going to maybe sound kind of trite, and I don't mean for it to, but it's it's really what I came up with. And that is, I've just tried to remain very positive. You can, you know, smile at people, even if you're wearing a mask. It's obvious if you're smiling when you got a mask on. It's obvious if you're, fr uh, if you're um, frowning. And the other thing I've done is, you know, I wear a mask. And early on, it was so politicized, you know, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You just wear it and you don't make a big deal of it. It's again, I mean, you try and lead by example. Hey, I can do this and I'm not doing it necessarily for me. I'm doing it for you. I don't want you to get sick because what if I'm sick? And then knowing that others have faced true hardship, then I've tried to be as helpful as possible. This one, one quick example, um, I use a personal trainer. Well, a lot of the gyms had to shut down. But he said, hey, you know, 
can I still train you? I'm having, you know, the gym's in trouble. I'm like, sure, you know, we'll wear masks. We'll stay six feet apart, but I'll come in. And I've continued to pay the guy because it's a lifesaver to him. And frankly, you know, I'm still fine financially. My work hasn't suffered. So share a little bit and, and help those that don't have as much. And if that makes me a light in a time of great darkness, then I'm happy to say that's the way I've been a, a light. But I do think that you just try and realize other people may be suffering just because I'm not doesn't mean others aren't and be aware of it and do what you can to help. Absolutely. I think, I think too, for me, when, when it comes to being alive in great darkness, I mean, we have a lot of friends that work in the restaurant business and that are waiters and bartenders. You know, we know a lot of people that work in those, those roles and, you know, being able to go and, you know, pick them food and, you know, go and sit outside, you know, with masks on and, you know, in the driveway while they're standing at their front door and, you know, have a conversation for 15 minutes, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, one, one, we enjoy doing, and two, I just know that it, it helped them out so much. Uh, we had friends that had a child right around when we had Addison, and they had just been laid off. Uh, from their job because they worked in a local restaurant. And uh, as soon as they had their child, I mean, they had no source of income. So, I mean, so taking food to them and, and you know, being able to uh, ask them every day, hey, if you need anything, please lean on us. Um, you know, just being blessed with being able to you know, keep our jobs and being able to um, not suffer financially was a huge, huge thing for us. And, you know, it, it helped us to feed our spirit as well, uh, to be able to go out and help those people. I'm going to hold you up a minute. I was going to say the same thing. I didn't really say, you know, how did I feed my spirit? Knowing that, you know, we're called on to love one another and help one another. If if I feel like I'm doing that, trying to do that, yeah, that feeds my spirit quite a bit. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think, too, like what you said earlier, it was, you know, being able to watch church on TV, you know, it's it's not the same as, being in, in the flesh and shaking people's hands and giving people hugs, saying hello, but still being able to be fed uh, God's word through a TV screen. You know, it's it's still, it's something that, that is, that's not, it's not the same, but man, it, it was definitely needed uh, last year. And, I'm just uh, glad that, I'm glad the live stream is one way, because I would have hated for people to have seen and heard and, and, I singing uh, or her Anna and me singing during the church service because normally you know in church when we're in the building I'm kind of muted because I can't carry a tune with a wheelbarrow but when it's just Ann and me man I'm belting it out I've got a theatrical voice going and I'm emotive and she's looking at me like you've truly lost your mind but it's just <laughs> it's been fun so I was told in choir when I was uh, in uh, when I was in fourth grade that you're singing too loud if you can hear your own voice. Uh, that has not <laughs> been the case. Uh, in, that has not been the case in in this home. I'll tell you that. Church service. I didn't, I didn't say I was in tune or anything. <laughs> that was just loud. All right. Oh, man. Well, uh, what will you carry forward from 2020, and what will you leave behind? Hmm. Well. I want to carry forward, um, continuing to be thoughtful of others. Um, I'm a really 
overall, I'm a pretty nice, easygoing guy. But when I get behind the wheel, I'm not. I'm kind of aggressive. So, well, you do live in Memphis, so true. You got, but but I have really focused on trying to back off and and be the kind of driver I want every everybody else to be. Example: You know, you're driving along and somebody's trying to pass you, you instinctively speed up. You don't want them getting around you. But then if I'm passing somebody and they speed up, I get all mad. So I finally realized, you know, that's a little hypocritical. So uh, letting people in, just it's, it's the little things that count. So I want to continue to have that attitude, hope I can, and just carry that forward. Um, there are other things that are going to get carried forward where we like, whether we like them or not. From our standpoint, I'm sitting here in our office. There are, let's see, there might be six people in the office right now. We've had some folks that have not been in this office since March. Our company policy is we will not make anyone come in. And I'm a financial advisor, so our work is kind of unusual anyway. We don't have to be in the office. I work from home a lot. I'm out of the office a lot. I, I expect that to continue. And the other thing that is is certainly being carried forward. It's a new world as far as my dress code goes. I've had, the only time I'm wearing a tie would be for a wedding or a funeral, and we can't go to those, so that hadn't really mattered. But I think that the world is going to be much more casual moving forward. Uh, We've obviously seen a lot of people leave metropolitan areas and look for um, living in a smaller area where it's not so congested. So I see, I, I hope we carry forward the good parts that have come about. And then as far as what I want to leave behind, really can't wait to leave my mask behind. I mean, like I said, I, I wear it, on the same board as you but that I mean, I like it. And I never I wish I had gotten in the mask industry from day one, because that's been lucrative as heck for some folks. You know, we're, we're talking about coronavirus and church. The other thing I hope we can leave behind is where we are as a country right now, polarized politically, et cetera. We got a lot of wood to chop ahead of us. And. We need to get mm-hmm. the pandemic under control, and maybe we can start to work on other stuff as well. Amen to that. I, I've, I heard a I heard somebody tell me the other day they were when we talk about the mask, they were saying like, you, if you think about it for a second, if this thing, if this pandemic continues on, and you know we are still required to wear masks, you know, for years to come. Um, frankly, it doesn't happen that way, but if we we are. It's going to be weird for my daughter to one day walk into a grocery store and be like, Dad, you don't have your mask on. Huh. You know, like, because it, it's going to be the normal for her, you know, growing up right now. I mean, she's nine months old now. And so, you know, once she starts walking and talking, you know, that'll obviously be in the next year or so. Um, but if we still have to wear a mask, you know, two, three years down the road, and and don't be surprised if people just wear masks in the grocery store, regardless of the pandemic or not moving forward, just because they're already nervous about, you know, getting, you know, in, in Asia, they've been wearing masks for a long, long time because of the different variations of flu. I, I probably told you that joke, but a time traveler comes back and says, what year is this? And the answer is 2020. And the time traveler says, oh, year one of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that's not the, the case. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I just don't. Obviously, I'm praying and hoping that it, it goes away, the mask wearing goes away soon. But, you know, I and I completely agree, I would not be surprised if 
when Addison grew up to, to, to say, Dad, you, don't, you forgot your mask at home, and this is 2026 or something like that. And I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if we had to continue. Well, um, we'll, we'll come back and visit that on question number eight. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I would leave behind, and that, is, that would be the not having sport full-time. For me, it's, uh, the, the gym being empty is not fun. And I, I signed up for this job back in 2015 to have a lot of fun and, and do a lot of God's work. And, and I'm, I've, we've been doing that over the past year. But, man, it has not been in the gym. And it is, uh, we, we definitely miss having a bunch of kids running around. Um, how did you see God at work in 2020? in the world and in your life? Well, it kind of goes back to some of the answers I've already given, just the way that you do see people trying to help help other people, those in need. Um, you know, we've talked about the restaurant business, uh, the way that they've had to close or run on uh, restricted capacity. Um, you know, one thing we've done, we made a commitment is we, we do take out at least twice a week. Uh, we use, you know, again, empty nesters. We like to eat out. Well, we can't do that, but we can go pick it up to go. And the other thing you do when you pick it up to go now, you leave a tip. Even though they're not waiting on you, you know they need the extra money. You would have tipped if you were there. So you just, you make some tweaks in what you do, right? So, I'm, I'm, in fact, tonight, it looks like South Main Sushi will be the winner of our business. And when I pick it up, I'll still leave them a tip just because... They need the help. I mean, you know, we're uh, we we live now downtown in the South Main area. Uh, Grecian Gourmet is a nice little locally run restaurant. We go in there and buy hummus from the guy. I mean, just try and spread some support around. And I think that just people realizing other people need help and think of others. That's God at work. And I would again, I realize how fortunate we've been. Everyone in my family still has their job. No one has suffered financially. To date, no one's had the coronavirus. We haven't lost any family members. But I realize, and Ann and I talk about this a lot, other people are hurting, and they're hurting badly. And be aware of that. And if you have an opportunity to do something, do so. We now live in a condominium building. We've had several people get the coronavirus and they'll post on we have a face private facebook page they'll post hey i've got it everybody chimes in and says hey if you need something holler you know if you need anything and uh one client is having meals delivered downstairs so we all know to check and if something's there for her we take it up and put it in front of her door and knock on her door just those little things this isn't you don't need to do great big things it's it's um well this is a church, so I'm not going to use the proper language or the actual language, but the great philosopher Robert Earl Keane said, it's the little things you do that tick me off. Well, that, that works the other way. <laughs> uh, Ted, what, uh, what, what do you hope for uh, 2021? Well, that we can get enough people vaccinated quickly. Um, and that the sooner we can get that done, the sooner we can begin to get back to some sort of normality, whatever that new normal may look like. And, and also, you know, to to slow this horrendous death rate down. It's, it's inconceivable that we have lost so many people to the virus. Um, 
you know, there is debate, well, pre-existing conditions. Well, guess what? If I had a condition and I died because I got the virus, it's the virus. So I want to get, you know, I just want to get a handle on it because again, knock on wood, we haven't lost anybody, but Ann has elderly parents. We worry about them. We have young grandchildren. We worry about them. I mean, it's a virus. It mutates. So we got to get on top of it as quickly as we can. And then, you know, things can reopen. I really look forward to the day that we can get back to Idlewild at capacity. You know, we've, we've tried to reopen, but it just hadn't quite worked. I guess one thing I'm encouraged about is that so many people are anxious, ready to get the vaccine as opposed to a huge pushback on it. My wife is all over me to go get the vaccine. And fortunately, they've now lowered the age to 65. So I'm eligible. And it turns out that my wife actually got the vaccine back in November. She was part of the test group for the Johnson and Johnson vaccine at St. Jude and just found out last weekend that, yes, she actually did get the vaccine. So she's she's good to go for now. You know, so that's I just uh, want things to get better. And then I'm, I'm hoping like heck. And this is, you know, from a political standpoint, our uh, country can start to heal because what we saw a week ago Wednesday, again, inconceivable. You know, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way because I say it in all seriousness, but Rodney King had it right. Can't we just all get along? Absolutely. And then if you're a movie fan, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, be excellent to each other. Just what we got to do. So I'm hoping we can continue to move more and more towards that type of behavior. What about you? I completely agree. I think, well, in 2021, I hope my my daughter starts walking. Um, I hope she starts talking. No, I I, I really do look forward to, you know, watching her grow. And that's the one thing that I'm really looking forward to when it comes to 2021 as, you know, what we've known since 2020. Um, what I said earlier, I just want kids to be back in our gym, um, running around. I want kids to be back on the soccer field at the Crocs Center wearing out of wild uniform. You know, I, that's the one thing that I look forward to. Uh, I know that we've got these, we've got basketball clinics scheduled. Uh, we have soccer clinics scheduled. Um, but I would love to lose the word clinic and, and put league in there. Because that is what we're known for. And that's what we, that's what we do best is. You know, we, we serve the community when it comes to sports, and that's one thing I miss uh, and one thing I hope for for sure. Another thing that I hope for, uh, what we talked about earlier, is losing these masks. Um, walking around the church and uh, wearing a mask and, you know, seeing your coworkers and seeing your friends um, through a mask is not fun. Uh, I, uh, I definitely miss it. Because it's the weird thing. Like, you walk in. Yeah, exactly. You, you can hear they come up to your door, you know, or they come up to your window or whatever, and they knock on it, and they, they look at you like this right here, you know, and you're like, <laughs> oh, like, okay, let me go put my mask on so you can come in the office. You know, just just come on in, man. Don't worry about the mask. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm ready Agreed. for that. For sure. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Ted, listen, we're coming down to the end of our time here, and this is a question that uh, we are required to, to ask. Uh, this is a God in the wild uh, favorite, and I don't know if you've listened to any other episodes, but this these this question has uh, has has stumped some of the, the people that we've asked. But this is uh, something I'm excited to hear from. You. 
if you were stuck on a deserted island, what three things would you want with you? Well, I'm afraid this may say a lot about me. Um, <laughs> I would I would like my iPad loaded with plenty of music and ebooks. Okay. That's the so first thing. You're gonna carry a battery pack with you? Second thing would be a way to keep my iPad charged. <laughs> and then the third thing would be my wife, Ann, because I certainly don't want to be there alone. And Absolutely. I'm thinking she may see this, so I got to get some brownie points. There you go. There you go. Now, my, uh, I asked my wife right before we uh, jumped on this call, I said, we've we got to answer this question. And the amount of times I've been asked this question, I, I still to this day have not come up with a good answer um she was like well we need to take the house with us and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> we gotta take the house we gotta we gotta take the baby and uh, we gotta take him and then she was like well, what, if, what if we took endless supplies of things like water and i was like well, i don't think that's what an answer either. and I, I said i think the first thing i would take probably is there a way that i can purify water because if i'm on an island and I can just walk up to the ocean and, and be able to, you know, stick my, uh, what are those pictures called that you buy at, at Target or Kroger where you, you fill it up with water and it purifies it? What is it? Oh, the, the, the water filter, like a Brita or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, if, I, if, that, if that actually works to get salt out of, out of a pitcher of water, that would be great. I don't um, think it does. I don't think it does either. So we need to, somebody needs to come up with that. Somebody needs to figure out that thing. But I probably would take a book, uh, probably the Bible. Um, probably that'd be the first thing I would take. Second thing I would take, I would probably, probably take a rain jacket. You know, something that's comfortable, something that will keep. Because I mean, it's gonna rain on me. I might as well keep some type of take some type of clothing that's not gonna make, not gonna be absolutely soaking wet if it rains all over me. Um, and probably the third thing. I really don't know. I think I'm. I think I'm right there with you on the uh, the iPad thing. Um, but I, that would mean I would need to take batteries with me too. I really, I really do not know what the third thing would be. But I do think that I would take a Bible, and I think I'd take a rain jacket. And I'm looking around my room, and I can't really think of anything else to take. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe uh, until I learn how to start a fire, maybe I'll take a lighter. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I learned how to rub locks together and create a spark or something like that. I think that that would be a lighter, a jacket, and So just to clarify, my ebooks on my iPad would include the Bible, just so you there know. There you go. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to No, no, that's okay. And and I'm looking at my iPhone at the moment. Uh, a plug for this app, I suppose though now I got to find it, but there is a great Bible app that's out there. And actually my niece in Oklahoma or Northwest Arkansas, I think her church had a lot to do with it. Maybe when she lived in Tulsa, but you can, I mean, they've got like every version imaginable and in every language. And, um, in every language. language? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So a lot of times when we're in church, when we'd be in church and we'd have the scripture reading, I'd go and pull it down and, and be reading in Spanish. So I could, you know, work on Spanish at the same time. So you'd be the only guy on a deserted island that could speak seventeen different languages. There you go. Well, I'd have plenty yeah. of time to. I'd have plenty of time to study. Your wife would be there helping you out. Too. Well, that's why I need Ann there so we can practice together. But this is probably a good place for us to stop. Have a good weekend. I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to nominate someone to be featured on a future episode of God in the Wild, please contact Sherry Gross, coordinator of the Nurture Ministry Unit at sgross at idlewildchurch.org. May God be with you in the wild.